Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 6th. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Chafet de Oliveira, and it is the middle of the week. So let me pray for uh, you wherever you may be. Pray for my statistics midterm today. Oh, yes. It's going to kill me. Oh, well, hopefully not literally. That's good. If I'm not here tomorrow, everyone <laughs> listening will know why. It was the statistics <laughs> that did it. I love statistics, but oh my goodness. Dr. Mustard, I'm with you, with you. All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, um, praying for all those who are taking exams today. Uh, there's a lot of schools, a lot of uh, people with midterms right now coming up to the end of their term, and I ask for wisdom and blessing for them. Uh, I ask also, Lord, for all of us uh, who are not taking exams but still feel different types of pressures. Uh, be with us. Uh, give us good wisdom. Give us good understanding. And as we read this passage again today, uh, may we see fresh insights. May we discover more about who you are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm reading today a little change up this week from the Living Bible, the TLB, Isaiah 3, 1 through 6. Who is this who comes from Edom, from the city of Bozrah, with his magnificent garments of crimson? Who is this in royal robes, marching in the greatness of his strength? It is I, the Lord, announcing your salvation, I, the Lord, the one who is mighty to save. Why are your clothes so red, as from treading out the grapes? I have trodden the winepress alone. No one was there to help me. In my wrath, I have trodden my enemies like grapes. In my fury, I trampled my foes. It is their blood you see upon my clothes. For the time has come for me to avenge my people, to redeem them from the hands of their oppressors. I looked, but no one came to help them. I was amazed and appalled. So I executed vengeance alone, unaided. I meted out judgment. I crushed the heathen nations in my anger and made them stagger and fall to the ground." Do you like that translation more? Well, I, I don't know if I like it more. I thought uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it offered a certain amount of clarity about what we're actually looking at here. Yeah, that's good. That is good. So here's a here's the question to take us from that text uh, today. Um, what does this passage suggest about our responsibility of stamping out oppression? Yeah, I was interested yeah, in these I, words I, I here do. in particular. I looked, but no one came to help them. So, you know, I envision God kind of seeing this, I don't know, horrible massacre yeah, or something yeah. taking place, and he's looking around, you know, expecting that, that other humans are going to come and do something. And in this case, I don't know, I'll envision something like um, Rwanda, mm. the Hutus and the Tutsis, and think, okay, um, you know, God's watching that and thinking, is anybody going to do anything? Mm. And pretty much, not that nobody did, but not on a big enough scale to stop it from happening. Um, so yeah, it makes me wonder what is the responsibility? Is this just about killing people or is it about other kinds of oppression? What could we extend this beyond this, which is so abstract and kind of maybe figurative? I'm not totally sure to our lives where, you know, we're not stomping on anybody or doing anything like that, but what does it call us to do? I mean, for me, I, I have to admit that I, I do come to the Bible 
you know, from my overall picture of the entire Bible is that I'm looking for this image of who God is, who the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are. And, and so when I look for the thread that's woven through all the passages, um, I see the God of love through all, all three characters, right? And so then when I come to difficult passages like this, and this is a difficult passage, and that's why we call it God's Weird Work this week. That's the title of the sermon this week. It's like, how do you understand the lion and the lamb? And there are these two very contrasting big images of who God is. You know, is he this gentle lamb or is he this victorious lion? And some of us would rather that he would be this lion that just roars and is just powerful and just comes and tramples everything down. And there are times in our life when you want to have a lion. Mm. And there are times in your life when you want to have a lamb, right? And so the the tension is that we don't get to pick and choose when those moments are taking place. God is God always. Um, but Isaiah obviously is writing and saying this is what it is. I find it interesting as I was thinking about this, reading it in the text again today, is that clearly he didn't have red clothing to start off with. He becomes... His says, clothes are red because they're covered with blood. Yeah, they become red. So he he takes on all of this. Mm. So he arrives in righteousness and, and he takes on all of this stuff. So he's like, there's nobody out there. He takes us all on and he says, it is he who comes and he saves us. And so there's, there's this thing about God inside this text, inside this mess, whatever it looks like, this weird work that God is saying, look, you don't even like this. You don't even know what this looks like. And, and it's, it's a mess. And I am the one who has to do it all. And I am the one who's going to do it all. Okay, the other thing that kind of bothers me about it is uh, there's, there's I feel more. more sympathy toward the God character if, if I'm assuming that these nations are really hideous nations, you know, that are sure. doing awful things, massacring good people. But then the thing is that in the Bible, you constantly have people who whatever their infraction is, is something like they worshipped a false god or they ate the wrong thing or they, you know. Yeah, they And it's sort of like, tea. well, they probably don't know any and better. it wasn't like from Marks and Spencer's. Well, it, it just often feels, <laughs> and I guess this is probably also the way that I've been brought up and taught, like, no, yeah. like there's just this massive overreaction yeah. to fairly minor things. Like, hey, I'm all on board. If we're talking, if these are like the Nazis, go for it. Yeah. Um. But if they're not, if they're you see, just again, kind of people doing their thing again, where they don't know that they're and wanna, an abomination to everything. I want to push back everything. on that and just say that. Okay. I want to push back on that and say, but what if there's some good Nazis? Well, I mean, the, I was just going <laughs> and, to say that's also you know, being overly sim- simplistic. It's a, so what I meant when I said Nazis was obviously the bad ones yeah. <laughs> that are being horrible to people. Yeah, I know. That is what I mean. It's, it's, always, it's always difficult when the enemy is somebody you know. It's always easy when the enemy is somebody you don't know. Well, I would assume, what we have to assume is that some of these bad people are probably us. So then does it change? Well, yeah. I mean, this is the tension. What if you don't know that you're an abomination, that you're this person? that's where where the Bible talks about uh, the wrath of God in other places. And, And I think Paul does a really good job of it in Romans to say that, you know, when it comes down to the real wrath of God, here God says, look, I, I give you up. You make a choice, and I literally have to say, that's your choice, then I give you up. And I and he repeats it like I think three or four times over and over again inside this passage because he says, I don't want you to go this path 
but you will choose this path and it will be yourself your you kind of your self-destruct button on this and it's complicated because um i think there are some people out there who really want to have a god who is an active agent who's uh, going around uh, massacring people killing people right I mean, like who, who wants that though they Seriously? do because they feel just they feel peace with that they're like i've actually talked to people who said no 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 i i really feel better when i know that God is the active agent who's actually causing this to happen because I need God to be seeking the revenge for me, right? And they need God to actually hurt. They don't think that that could ever come back on them? Well, no, Because that would be think. my first thought. No, they don't think that. Why not? <laughs> I guess I guess because they're the victim. Hmm. So that's interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting. That's an interesting observation as well. I mean, but no, they don't think that. And so they think that. I just yeah, I think it's interesting if your perception of yourself is that you're always, not only always in the right, but that you can't ever be in the wrong. That you well, can never <laughs> be on the that that isn't even a possibility for I the want future. To be in that place. It just feels like hmm. That's, Boy, I'd love to be in that place. That's an interesting. Be fantastic to always be in the right. Well, it must be very nice to have such a feeling of certainty i can't even imagine what that would be like well yeah and i don't know if it's certainty about everything in their life obviously it's just a certainty about this particular area clearly I or maybe they haven't think actually it's thought extraordinary about to feel certainty about any area maybe really but okay well maybe it's that they haven't thought about uh, the certainty for themselves or maybe they're just there by the grace of god i'm just thankful that i'm not in that place mm. well you know which is what i talked about last week uh, in church about the idea that that the gospel is portrayed through many different narratives and many different stories. And that's how Isaiah is kind of ending this entire book here to say, look, there's lots of ways that motivates you, uh, lots of ways to pull you into this story. And so what is it that you need to hear to hear and understand that this is who God is? So think about that. Uh, our time, unfortunately, is up. And I'm, I'm going to repeat the question one more time here. So um, what does this passage suggest about our responsibility for stamping out oppression think about that look after each other live love and we will connect tomorrow hey thanks again for listening to the daily walk podcast today hey if you remember if you have any questions reach out to us online at boulder.church and if you can help support us please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give Until next time, look after each other and live love.